0: Welcome to Roof.Church. This podcast is part of our Sunday Sermon Series, where each week we dive into the Word of God and the powerful message of Christ. Good afternoon, Church. Um, as Pastor Scott said, we, you know we pray and hope that all of you are well and that you're healthy. But if there's any of you that is feeling sick, um, you're affected, your health is affected, we do pray for you for healing and comfort. Um, We also want to pray for those of you that are affected economically, uh, financially because of this pandemic. We pray for God's provision um, as well as peace in your life uh, right now. Um, You know, as of this morning, um, according to WHO, the World Health Organization, uh, I just want to share some statistics with you um, There are 267,013 confirmed cases, this is around the world, 11,201 deaths. According to the CDC, which is a Center for Disease Control and Prevention, uh, in the U.S. alone, there are 15,219 cases and 201 deaths. Church, one thing I want to bring you attention to is that each of these numbers represents a beloved parent, grandparent, a brother, a sister, a spouse, a friend, someone important to others. And each day, this number seems to be rising, both confirmed cases and deaths. And as we all may know, you know, we're facing a crisis and a pandemic of the coronavirus And I think it's safe to say that all of us have been impacted by this pandemic one way or another. So with that said, church, I do believe that us as followers and believers of Jesus Christ, that we are called to stand to seek and turn to our God in prayer. I do believe that this is a time that we can't be stingy with our prayers. Rather, we need to be generous with them. And I do believe. That God is calling us, the church, to stand in the gap and to intercede on behalf of not only ourselves, but the world going through this crisis together. So today, I've titled this message, uh, A Call to Prayer. You know, in the Old Testament, uh, we find a story of a Judean king by the name of Jehoshaphat. And in this story, King Jehoshaphat and the people of God, the people of Judah, are facing a crisis. And so I'd like for us to glean from this story on how they responded to a crisis. Because we ourselves are facing a crisis of our own today. And this story of King Jehoshaphat and the people of Judah can be found in Second Chronicles chapter twenty. But today, I'll be mainly focusing and reading from verses 1 through 13. So at this time, if you have your Bibles, maybe you're on your phone, uh, maybe you're on the laptop, wherever it may be, I want to give you a little bit of time to turn to Second Chronicles chapter 20. I'm going to trust that you're all there. Um, so just please follow along as I read for you. Second Chronicles chapter 20, verses 1 through 13. This is what the Word of God states. It says that now it came about after this that the sons of Moab and the sons of Ammon, together with, the sum, with some of the Moonites, came to make war against Jehoshaphat. Then some came, reported to Jehoshaphat, saying, "A great multitude is coming against you from beyond the sea, out of Aram. And behold, they are in Hazazon Tamar, that is in Gedi." Jehoshaphat was afraid and turned his attention to seek the Lord and proclaimed a fast throughout all Judah. So Judah gathered together to seek help from the Lord. They even came from all the cities of Judah to seek the Lord. Then Jehoshaphat stood in the assembly of Judah in Jerusalem in the house of the Lord before the new court. And he said, O Lord, the God of our fathers, are you not God in the heavens? Are you not ruler over all the kingdoms of the nations? Power and might are in your hands so that no one can stand against you. Did you not, O oh our God, drive out the inhabitants of this land before your people Israel and give it to the descendants of Abraham, your friend, forever? They have lived in it and have built the sanctuary there for your name, saying, Should evil come upon us, the sword or judgment or pestilence or famine, we will stand before this house and before you, for your name is in this house and cry to you in our distress, and you will hear and deliver us. Now behold the sons of Ammon and Moab and Mount Seir, whom you did not let Israel invade. When they came out of the land of Egypt, they turned aside from them and did not destroy them. See how they are rewarding us by coming to drive us out from your possession, which you have given us as an inheritance. O our God, will you not judge them? For we are powerless before this great multitude who are coming against us, nor do we know what to do, but our eyes are on you. All Judah was standing before the Lord with their infants, their wives, and their children. Can you bow with me for a word of prayer before we continue on with the message? Let's pray really quick. Father, this is a time uh, more than any other voice, more than any other word, God. This is a time that we need to hear from you, God. We need to hear your voice and the message that you have for us, Lord. So, God, we ask, Lord, as we just hear this message from your word, um, that we pray that you would speak to us, God. That you would convey your will for us as your believers, as, as your followers, God. So, we pray again today that we would be edified, Lord, and that you be glorified. Be with us now, and in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. You see, the chapter opens up with someone coming or some people coming to King Jehoshaphat with a concerning and a alarming report. The report is that there is a coalition of three armies coming against Jehoshaphat and the people of Judah, and they're closing in on them soon. And this coalition is not a small force. We read that this coalition is a great multitude. It's a number that's nearly impossible for the people of Judah to fight against and to come out victorious. They were in a crisis. So how does Jehoshaphat and the people of Judah respond? It starts off in verse 3 by saying this, that Jehoshaphat was afraid. I don't know how you felt when you first heard of the first cases coming and and being confirmed in the States. But when I heard it, um, I wasn't alarmed at all. And it wasn't because I was full of faith. Rather, if I'm going to be honest, I think it's because I was ignorant. I was naive of the situation. But the more I heard of reports and updates of how this coronavirus is impacting people all around the world, I started to feel a bit more troubled. You know, when I went to Costco, when I went to the different stores and the markets, and I started to see all the bottled, bottled water, right, apart from the, maybe the expensive ones being sold out, spam being off the shelves, right, kimchi, no more toilet paper, when I started to see that, I started to become a little bit anxious, And then when I started to hear of people taking advantage of others during a time of crisis, that actually started to make me feel angry and frustrated. And when I heard of businesses being affected financially, businesses having to be closed, people's hours being cut, people being laid off from their jobs, I started to become really concerned. Maybe you can relate. Maybe you felt or maybe you are feeling worried maybe you are feeling fearful anxious maybe you're angry maybe you're frustrated at at different situations or at certain people during this season you know certainly i believe that jehoshaphat can relate again it says that he was afraid he was probably going through a bunch of different emotions and thoughts right during this time of crisis And church, I want to say this. It's okay for us to feel the way we do because we're facing a crisis. It's normal for us to experience these different emotions. But as we continue to read verse 3, after it states that Jehoshaphat was afraid, it says that Jehoshaphat turned his attention to seek the Lord. You see, Jehoshaphat didn't dwell in fear. Rather, in his fear, he turns his attention to seek the Lord. Although it's okay and it's normal for us to encounter and to experience these different emotions, church, it's important for us that we don't dwell in them. It's important that we don't allow these different emotions to dictate and to control our perspectives in our lives. Rather, we are to allow the emotions that we feel to remind us to turn our attention to seek the Lord. You see, studying this passage yet again, reading it for I don't know how many times, It really came to me that I believe that God, who created us with these different emotions, uses our emotions to remind us to turn our attention to him. So when we feel anxious, I want to encourage you, let that be a reminder to turn your attention to God. When you feel worried or fearful or troubled, may that be a reminder to turn your attention to seek God. At moments when you're feeling angry, when you're feeling frustrated at certain situations again or at certain people, may that be a reminder for us to turn our attention to God. And as Jehoshaphat turns his attention to seek the Lord, at the end of verse 3 it says that he proclaimed a fast throughout all Judah. Jehoshaphat at this time calls all of Judah to come and to join together to do the same. And the question is, what are they seeking from the Lord? In verse 4, it says that, so Judah gathered together to seek help from the Lord. It says that they gather to seek God, to seek help from God Almighty. With that church, I do believe that we're called to do the same. I believe God is calling us as a church together to seek help from him, to seek help not only for ourselves and our families and our loved ones, but also to seek help on behalf of the world who is going through this pandemic together. You know, I can think of so many groups of people that we can pray for, so many groups of people that need our prayers, that need God's help and his intervention. Let me give you some examples. I believe God is calling us to pray for those who have been affected in their health, those who have been infected by the coronavirus. We need to pray for healing and comfort for them at this time. Pray for those who are still healthy, that God will protect us, that God God will keep us healthy, especially for those who are most vulnerable. How about for those, again, I stated in the beginning, those whose finances are affected because of this pandemic. Those who are laid off their jobs, those whose businesses have to close or are being affected because of what's going on, you know, they can use God's help. And I believe God is calling us yet again to stand in the gap and to pray for them, that God will help and God will provide for them. And I also believe scripture tells us that we're called to pray for our governing authorities as well, they need God's wisdom. They need his direction. They need his compassion in how to best fight this pandemic and treat everyone that is in need. Pray for all those who are still going out to work in the stores, right? Pray for the medical personnel in the front lines taking care of the patients all over the world. They need protection. They need good health as well. Pray for that. Pray for the medical scientists who are trying to find a cure or a vaccine to fight the coronavirus. They are in need of God's wisdom as well. You know, speaking of medical scientists, let me uh, share a story. I think it was the beginning of um, last year, 2019. You know, we had our blocks meet at our home because Deb and I, you know, were hosts for Cerritos Block. It was just a handful of us that night. And and I don't know if you guys remember, but one of the questions in that block meeting was, hey, if you weren't in your current um, career or your field of work, what would you be interested in doing? right or what's something that you might have pursued if if you weren't in your present career so we're going around we're asking this question people are sharing right and i think i said something on the lines of hey you know what i would be interested in pursuing something in entertainment right as crazy as that sounds i shared that before with you church but uh maybe going into the acting field or doing something with broadcast or something like that right and then it became deb's turn if you guys are tuning you don't know who deb is and she's my wife um it was her turn, right? So John Beck, which is our leader, asked uh, Deb, hey, what would you be interested in, in pursuing if you weren't in your current career? And so Deb responds by saying um, she wanted to be a uh, Scientologist. I don't know how you guys are reacting, responding right now, but when I heard that that night, I was so troubled. I was like, who, who did I marry? Right. I thought I knew a lot about Deb, but this is something I, I, I didn't know about, right? And and if you look around, I think everyone was trying to be kind and, and you know, just understanding somehow, and, and they're just smiling, nodding their heads. But inside our minds we're so confused, right? We're like, what is going on here? And so John Beck asks a following question and he says, Hey, Deb, that's that's quite interesting. Um, can you expound a little bit more? Can you let us know like why or what led you to that? And, and soon enough, you know, uh, what she meant to say was she wanted to be a scientist, right? So for those of you that heard that, and you're a little bit concerned, I uh, just want to clear that up a little bit that she didn't want to be a Scientologist, uh, but she wanted to be a scientist. Um, all kidding aside, you know, science, people that are part of the church of Scientology, they need, um, our prayers as well. And, and also those in this time that don't have the hope that we as Christians do, you know, in Christ Jesus. Um, let's also pray for them that it's in some way that they can encounter the love and the grace of Jesus Christ, even in the midst of this crisis. Again, church, I do believe that this is the time that God is calling us as believers and followers of him To turn our attention to the Lord, seeking help from him for ourselves as well as on behalf of the world. You know, as people around the world, they may respond in fear. I want to encourage you, let us be people who respond in faith. People around the world may respond in panic and even prejudice. I encourage us as believers and as a church to respond in prayer and peace as some may respond with criticism and even cursing, let us as followers of Jesus Christ respond with compassion, with care, and even calling out to our God. In this way, church, I believe that we can still be the salt and light into this world during a time of crisis. And at this moment, as King Jehoshaphat and the people of Judah are gathering together to seek help from the Lord, it says that Jehoshaphat lifts up a prayer. And in his prayer, I'd like for us to uh, look at, or i like to highlight four things today in his prayer. The first thing i like to highlight is found in verse 6. It says that, and he said, O Lord, this is the start of his prayer, O Lord, the God of our fathers, Are you not God in the heavens? Are you not ruler over all the kingdoms of the nations? Power and might are in your hand so that no one can stand against you. First thing is this Jehoshaphat remembers and proclaims who God is. Once again, Jehoshaphat remembers and proclaims who God is. He says, Are you not the God in the heavens? Are you not the ruler over all the kingdoms of the nations? He says that power and might are in your hand. Church question I want to ask you is, who is our God? According to scripture, it says that our God is the creator of the heavens and the earth. It says in scripture that our God is the one who holds all authority in heaven and on earth. Scripture tells us that he is the God who clothes the lilies of the field and feeds the birds of the air and says to us, how much more are you valuable to me than they are? He is our provider. Scripture also tells us that God is a caring God. He says in 1 Peter chapter 5, he calls us to cast all our anxieties upon him. Why? Because he cares for us. Psalm 46.1, he says that he is our ever-present help, that he is our refuge and strength in times of trouble and need. And one of my favorite passages in Scripture, Psalm 23, he is our good shepherd who is with us, who will comfort us and see us through as we go through the lowest valleys of the shadow of death to a place of green pastures, And still water. So again, church, remember and proclaim who God is. Secondly, remember God's faithfulness in the past. In verse 7, King Jehoshaphat prays, Did you not, O our God, drive out the inhabitants of this land before your people Israel and give it to the descendants of Abraham, your friend, forever? As King Jehoshaphat recounts God's faithfulness in the past to their forefathers, remember and recount God's faithfulness in your own past. Think about those moments when it seemed extremely difficult and challenging, but yet God was faithful to see you through. Church, the God who has been faithful and who carried us thus far will continue to be faithful and will see us through. I do believe that the coronavirus will come to pass. I don't know when, but I know it will, and that God will be faithful in seeing us through it, as well as to care for us during even the aftermath of the pandemic. Word of God says that God is the same yesterday, today, and forever. So once again, church, remember God's faithfulness in the past. Thirdly, remember God's promises. In verse 8 and 9, King Jehoshaphat prays, they have lived. Who are they? The people of God have lived in it, the, the land that God promised them and have built you a sanctuary, the temple of God. Therefore, your name saying, should evil come upon us, the sword or judgment or pestilence or famine, we will stand before this house and before you for your name is in this house and cry to you in our distress and you will hear and deliver us. Jehoshaphat remembers the promise, the covenant that was made when King Solomon and the people of God dedicated the temple of the Lord. And one of those promises was the fact that when the people of God call out to God, that God will hear from heaven and he will deliver them. You can find this in Second Chronicles chapter 6. If you read through that, there's that dedica- dedication prayer and the covenant that is being made. In the same way, church, I want to encourage you, let us remember the promises of God in the state of crisis. Let me give you some. Hebrews 13.5, it, it says that God says, I will never leave you, nor will I forsake you. Matthew 6, 33, it says, Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto you, promising that he will provide for our needs. Philippians 4, chapter 6 through 7, the word of God says, Be anxious for nothing, but in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. And when we do that, it says, And the peace of God. Which surpasses or transcends all comprehension and understanding will guard our hearts and our minds in Christ Jesus. Romans eight twenty eight, the word of God says, and we know that God causes all things to work together for good to those who love God and who have been called according to his purpose. So third, again, remember God's promises. Fourthly and lastly, remember the one who's in control. In verse 12, King Jehoshaphat ends his prayer by saying, "O our God, will you not judge them? For we are powerless before this great multitude who are coming against us. And he says, nor do we know what to do, but our eyes are on you. Again, Jehoshaphat says we are powerless. We don't know what to do, but our eyes are on you. You see, this is a statement of surrender, and it's a statement of trust in the one who is able to help because this situation is beyond them. Church, sometimes in life, situations and circumstances that we face and what occurs in it is out of our control. But these moments remind us of the one who is in control, which is our God who is sovereign over all. You see, we may not know exactly what to do. We're not, we may not be certain of what is to come. But we can definitely put our trust in and fix our eyes on the one who does. In times of uncertainty, may we be encouraged that we can be certain in the sovereignty of our God, so again, church, remember the one who is in control, our sovereign Lord, for our sovereign Lord is watching over us, and he holds us in his loving and caring hands. You know at the end of this prayer there 's just this beautiful scene that I, that we read in verse thirteen and this scene actually reminds me, made me think about our church, right? In verse 13, it, it, the prayer ends like this with verse 13 being the last scene there. It says, all Judah was standing before the Lord, check this out, with their infants, their wives, and their children. All ages of both men and women were gathered to seek the Lord's help. Church, although I can't see your faces, I can imagine all of you, including our young ones, joining together today and seeking God for his help on behalf of ourselves as well as on behalf of the world. See, in this room, there's only four of us, right? There's the youngest, the younger, the young, and the old, I'll let you connect the dots. You can't, you didn't see him, but Mike chose in the back and um, he's not the old one, just letting you know. (laughs) Laughed all by myself. Um, You know, towards the end of our service, um, I'll love for us to take the opportunity to do what Jehoshaphat and the people of uh, Judah did on that day. To join together, both young and old, as one, to turn our attention to the lord and ask for his help at this time buzz if you can come come up to the stage and um, prepare us and ready us for uh, another song um the church i want to encourage you if your children are not with you right now um can you gather them with you at this time as we bring this message to a close um also, if you can do me a favor, I would really appreciate it. And the favor I want to ask you is this. Um, can you just take your phone out or something and take a selfie of yourself, um, of your family, and the screen that you're watching uh, this live stream? And if you could take a selfie and send that photo to me via my email, that's tavis at tavis at or to my phone via text. Um, The reason why I'm asking for this is because I believe this will be a symbol for us. That in a time like this, that rooftop church that we joined together in seeking our God for his help. You know, in closing, I do want to share this. I don't have it on, on the screen or anything like that. But if we continue to read chapter 20, we go past, you know, verse 13, we would continue to read. In the midst of their gathering, it says that the Spirit of the Lord comes upon one of the Levites. And as the Spirit of the Lord comes upon the Levite, the Spirit of God starts speaking through him. And this is what God says to the people there. In verse 15, it says, God says, Do not fear or be dismayed because of this great multitude or the coronavirus. For the battle is not yours, but God's. In verse 17, he says again, do not fear or be dismayed. Tomorrow, go out to face them. Check this out. For the Lord is with you. And in response to God's word, it says that King Jehoshaphat and the people of Judah, they bow their heads and they worship God. Church, the battle is the Lord's but we do have a part to play in it. See, while being practical and civil by following the suggestions and the the orders of our governing authorities, we are to be prayerful as well as citizens of heaven. So church, I encourage you, do not fear or be dismayed, for God is with us. Let us continue to worship our God And let us be people who stand in the gap, who turn our attention to seek the Lord for his help. Again, not only for ourselves, but also on behalf of the world. For this world and everyone in it is in need of our prayers to God. And once again, just to remind you, as we worship and as we seek our God and we pray to him, we intercede on behalf of all those around us. Remember... Number one, who God is. Remember who he, or yeah, know who God is. I'm sorry, know who God is. Second, remember God's faithfulness in the past. Third, remember God's promises. And fourth, remember that God is sovereign. He's the one who's in control. He's our sovereign God who is watching over us. And he's the one who holds us in his loving and caring hands. Let's pray. God, we thank you for your word. That's so timeless, Lord. It spoke then and it speaks to us today and it'll speak forever. God, we thank you that we have a hope found in you, Lord, that even in times of uncertainty, We can be certain in the one who is sovereign over all. We thank you, Lord, for who you are. You're a God who's almighty. You're a God who's powerful. Not only that, but you're a God who's caring. You're a God who's loving. You're a God who's understanding. And Father, you are looking over us right now. And you're holding us in your loving and caring hands. And we thank you for that. We thank you for your promises that you've proclaimed in your word that we can hold on to. Father, as a church, we choose to worship. We choose to praise you and to turn our attention to seek you. And in Jesus' name we pray. Amen.